This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. Thanks for joining me once again. We begin our hour of old-time radio crime with Gangbusters. In their episode from June 10th, 1950, titled The Case of the Inside Track. After that, it's yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Missing Mouse Matter. That episode aired December 23rd, 1956. Gangbusters! Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case history. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Joseph L. Shering, Superintendent of Police, New Orleans, Louisiana, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Superintendent Shering. Thank you, Roger Foster, and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Bourbon Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans probably is the scene of more nightlife per square foot than any other thoroughfare in the world. It was in a joint of the more sordid type that this case began one night several months ago. A sharply dressed man in his early 30s had been standing against a wall several feet from the weary piano player observing what went on at the bar. After a half hour or so of this observation, he walked across the floor to a door in the back of the club. Hutch. Come in, Ginger. Yeah. How's business out there, Junior? It's a little slow, but uh, that redhead is at the bar again. Yeah? Yeah, she walked in about ten minutes ago. Alone? Alone. But I guarantee you she won't go out alone, Hutch. She started working a guy already. Oh. What do you want me to do? Want me to throw her out? Bring her in here. I want to talk to her. What she needs is a good boat and a... Ginger. I'll get her. Wait a second. What's this going to be, another lecture? It's going to be the same lecture. This is going to be a clean joint, Ginger. I don't want nobody kicked around. I don't want no muscle. But the others live on rough stuff. This joint has got to stay without bruises. Okay, I'll go home, get my kid gloves. If there's any kicking around to be done here, I'll do it myself. Just watch out, you're not on the receiving end. I'll go get her. Yeah, okay. All right, Hutch. We're not in business to kick people around. Well, I don't know, sir. I don't even know your name. Oh, that's easy. My name's Jack... Uh, you, sister. Me? Yeah, you. Come on. I'll see you here, friend. You take it easy, pal. Let's go, sister. Don't sister me and get your hands off me. Leave the lady alone. She's no lady, pal. I'm doing you a favor, believe me. She's a lush worker. Oh? Let me go. Now, listen here. You're you better go. off, pal. Harry, drink of the house with this gentleman. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. This way, sister. Don't fight me. Okay, you win. The boss wants to see you. Why? Don't ask me. We're up to me and three in the gutter. Okay, in there. Much obliged. Here she is, Hutch. Over there, sister. The name is not sister. Sit down, miss. 
I can stand. He said sit down. Get your hands off. Ginger, what are you supposed to do, Hutch? You're supposed to handle these lush workers like they were duck's eggs? Go on, Ginger, get out of here. I'll take care of this. For crying out loud. Get out of here. All right, I'm gone. Handle it your own way. See what it'll get you. Listen, what's the beef? Ah, sit down. We'll talk about it, uh... Sister, just call me sister. Sit down, sister. Thanks. Mine as well, as long as I'm staying. You don't mind if I smoke? I don't care if you go up in flames. You have one? No, thanks. Never use them. Look, just tell me what the beef is and let me get out of here. It's very simple. I don't care how many drunks you roll, how much you take off of them, more power to you. Just don't set up your marks in my place, that's all. Where'd you get the idea I did anything like that? I'm a social worker by profession. You set up a lumberman from Little Rock right outside in the bar last night. He got loaded and you rolled him for $150. Little birdie told you? Lumberman beef to the cops. They were in here nosing around. Now look, I run a clean joint. It's got to stay clean. Do your business elsewhere. I don't want any cops nosing around in here. Is that plain? All right. I'll take my business elsewhere. Tell me something, will you? What? You're an awful pretty kid. Get a head on your shoulders. What do you need the rackets for? Did you ever stand on your feet eight hours a day for $32 a week pushing buttons and pulling levers so housewives would have a jar of peach preserves to feed their kitties? No. Well, I did. That's why I'm in the racket. Much easier on the feet. Next question. What's your name? Ellie. Ellie what? Ellie Lee. Used to be Ellie Stritzker. That's S-T-R-Z-Y-C-A. I changed it to Lee because I like to do things the hard way. Twenty-six years old. The hair is naturally red, but I touch it up once in a while. I was born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Got my first taste of larceny in Wilkesbury. Tasted good. Got my first taste of jail, the Pennsylvania Reformatory for Women. That didn't taste too good. Came to New Orleans two weeks ago, and I'm on the make for the easiest dollar I can find. Is there anything else? Yeah. What you doing later tonight? I don't know. What am I doing? You're having a few drinks and a big steak with a guy named Joe Hutchinson. That's you? Mm-hmm. That's me. That's what I'm doing later tonight. All right, come on. Where? Just come on. All right. I'm a trusting soul. Ginger. Ginger. Yeah, Hutch, right here. Okay, sister, hit the ties. Get out. Ginger, get my car and take Miss Lee to my place. What? You heard the man. I heard what he said, but I don't know what he meant. Take her to my place and wait there with her until I get there. Yeah. Okay, Hutch. Be nice to her. She's a friend of mine. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Bye, Hutch. See you later. Out that way, sister. The name is Miss Lee. You heard what the man said. I'm a friend of his. Eh, what a world. Sergeant Gervais. Hello, Sergeant. Cooper. Yes, Ed? She made the contact. Oh, is that so? Yeah. She was trying to make the pickup at the bar. Ginger walked in on it. He took her back to Hutchinson's office. She stayed in there a while, then Hutch had Ginger drive her to his place. Where are you, Ed? I'm in a filling station across the street from Hutch's house. Okay, stick there and keep your eyes open. Check with me every 15 minutes. Yeah, I got you. So long. Hmm. Uh... 
United States Treasury Narcotics Bureau. Let me talk to Mr. Sampson. This is Sergeant Gervais, New Orleans Detectives. Yes, sir. I'll ring Mr. Sampson. District Supervisor Sampson. Hello, Art. Pete Gervais. I think we're in. What happened? Ellie tried to make a pickup at the bar. Ginger stepped in and took her to Hutch. Ed Cooper said she just went to Hutch's apartment. Okay, Pete. It sounds all right. I got my fingers crossed. Look, don't worry about the girl. She can take care of herself. I hope so. Believe me, she's the best we got. This is a little bit different than nailing shoplifters, Pete. Art, she's a good cop. She's got a pretty face and lots of sense. We wanted somebody to get inside that mob. Okay, she's in, practically. All right. But just warn her not to get too ambitious. All we want to know is how they land the stuff and where. Maybe she can pick that up by keeping her ears open. If she can't, that's all right, too. I don't want her pressing her luck. You're liable to have a dead policeman. Which house is it, Ellie? The second from the corner. Second from the corner, Ginger. I heard her. Right there, in front of the lamppost. Well, thanks for... Oh, I'll, I'll get it. Oh, much obliged. You're a true friend. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. The evening was an unexpected pleasure. Come on, I, I'll see you up. Um, no, Hutch. This is far enough for one night. All right. I'll call you tomorrow. No, don't call me. Why not? I'll call you. All right. Good night. Good night, Ellie. Good night, brother. Yeah, good night. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll be waiting. Okay, Jeanette. Now that the lady has gone, you're not ashamed to sit up in front with a chauffeur, huh? Get going. Tell me something, will you, Hutch? I'll admit she's a picture. I can't take that away from her, but uh, what do you need a dame like that? A lush worker, a thief. She's got a certain charm, Ginger. What do you mean, charm? What charm? It's there. She's a beauty. She's bright. With that, being a thief, there's a certain magnetism about her. Couldn't you pick a nicer girl? She's just the kind of girl I want. Knows her way around. She won't shock easy. Are you figuring to take her on the inside? No, but she's round enough. She's bound to hear a few things. Oh, she's going to be around a lot, huh? Enough. Listen, you've got no time for romance. There's a shipment coming in Tuesday. There's plenty of work to be done. We've got to get it off the boat. We've got to get it moving, etc. You let me do the managing, Ginger. It ain't getting done very well. Don't get so critical, Ginger. You've got a big enough job of your own to handle. Uh... Now go on. Get me home. It's nearly five in the morning. i got to get some sleep tonight. And once again, we hear from tonight's narrator, Superintendent of Police, Joseph L. Sharing of New Orleans. About 10 o'clock on the following Monday night, the policewoman Ellie Lee boarded the Jackson Avenue ferry across the Mississippi in order to meet Sergeant Gervais and Agent Sampson. Excuse me, have you got the time? What time is it, Art? Uh, 10 past 10. Thank you. How's it going, Ellie? I think they're expecting delivery on a load tomorrow night. I don't know where or when. Off a boat, do you think? No idea. Okay, that helps. Good work, Ellie. Don't press your luck now. Just keep your ears open. Don't ask them too many questions. Okay. Well, it's funny. Hutch doesn't seem like too bad a guy. Don't kid yourself. He's a bum in the worst racket there is. If he thinks anybody's crossing him, you'll know whether he's a bad guy or not. Okay, you better move now. It's a good idea. I... What's the matter? Uh, 
Nothing. Nothing's the matter. Okay. Get going. Thanks. Thanks for the information. She's all right, Art. Yeah, she sure is. She's a good cop. Tomorrow night. What do you think, by land or sea? My guess is it's coming in on a boat. That's how we think they've been getting it. Let's check the list and see what docks tomorrow. Okay. There couldn't be more than one or two ships coming in. You know, we got lots of cases where a big-time smuggler signs on as a deckhand. What about giving all the ships a dock tomorrow a thorough shakedown? That might get us our smuggler all right, Pete, but we want Hutch and his crowd that much more. Hutch is the kingpin in a lousy racket. And we don't get Hutch if we nail the smuggler aboard ship. We gotta catch him making a meet with Hutch. It's the only way. Otherwise, we'll just find other guys to bring in the stuff. Yeah, I see. <sighs> Gee, the lights on the river at night sure are pretty, aren't they, Pete? Yeah, they sure are. Come in. I'll take a look. Hutch, are you? Hello, Ginger. Come on in, Ellie. Where's Hutch? Out someplace. Where? On business. Oh. You've been out on business too, haven't you? What do you mean? Didn't I see you an hour ago on the Jackson Avenue ferry? Did you? I must have. I followed you there. And you saw me. What were you doing on the Jackson Avenue ferry? I took the boat ride to jump over the side, but I didn't have the guts. Is that so? This could lead to quite a discussion. And it's gonna. Not in the mood for a discussion, so let's forget the whole thing. Going out to the bar for a drink. No, you're not. Get your filthy hands off me. Who are those guys you were talking Get to? Get your hands Who off me. Who are they, cops? Let me go. Sit down. No. I said sit down. What are you doing? You working for the law? Go. How much did you sell out for, you dumb, lousy tomato? I didn't trust you from the minute I set eyes on you. Hutch thinks he's so smart. Well, you see what happens when he finds out. He had a go for you. Big him. Let me out of here. Sit down, Era. Now sit in that chair. I'll slam you so hard you'll never wake up. All right. Yeah. Just sit there until I answer the phone. Hello. Ginger? Yeah, Hutch, uh, listen. You listen to me. Uh, Hutch. The you has been moved up to tonight. Uh, Hutch, I got Ellie. no time to talk about it. I want to get this thing through before daylight. Meet me at the cabin now. Uh, Hutch. Hello, Hutch. Uh, all right, sister. You and me go for a ride. Where? Out to a cabin on Lake Bourne. I don't want to go. Where's Hutch? Sit still there. Uh... Hutch will be there. Don't be so anxious to see Hutch. What do you think's gonna happen to you when he finds out you pal around with cops? You don't like being made a chump of, you know. Now, get up and walk out that door. Sergeant Gervais. Uh, Cooper, Sergeant. Yes, Ed? Ginger and Ellie left the joint a little while ago. He took her in the car and they drove out over the bridge. To where? Well, that's what I'd like to know. We, we lost them. All right, Ed. Stick with it. We must be coming down to the wire. I'll get hold of Art Sampson and the narcotics men. Check with me in ten minutes. Go on, sister, walk. I can't see where I'm going. I can see where you're going. Just walk. Right? Hands off me. Huh. Now you're untouchable. To you, I am. 
You'll be untouchable, all right, when we get through with you. Dump you out here in this swamp, and that's all, sister. Here we are. Nice little cabinet, isn't it? Nice and isolated. But we keep a good heavy lock on it. We're afraid of thieves. You should always look out for thieves. All right, get inside. Yeah, okay. Now over there, sit down. Can't sit. Don't worry about it. There's a chair. Now sit down right here. Make yourself good and comfortable while I light the lantern. I like lanterns. Nice and old-fashioned. What's the matter? Why don't you say something? I don't feel very conversational. Well, I do, sister. So we'll talk, huh? How do you like the cabin? Not much in the way of modern stuff, but it's comfortable. And away from people. Sometimes you want to be away from people, don't you? Sometimes. For instance, when Hutch gets here and finds out you've been on such nice terms with cops, he'll want to be away from people. Because what he's going to do to you, people shouldn't know about. You've got some bad information someplace. I didn't talk to any cops. What were they then, bookmakers? Leave me alone. You'll get left alone. You'll get left good and alone. Please. Good and alone. Hey, hey, don't touch that lantern. Get away. Put that lantern down. Come one step nearer and you'll get it across the head. I swear you'll get it across the head. Put it down. What do you want to do, burn up the joint? Don't come any closer. All right, sister. You win. I'll be a good girl. Give me that. I'll give it to you. What, you little... No, no. What's your dirt? You're burning the joint up. So do some more, too. Don't scratch me, you little devil. You... Kill you right here, right now. Let me go. I'll let you go, I'll kill you. No, please. Hold still. No, my dress. That's the least of your worries. Look at the joint. Oh, to kill you and let you burn up it. What's going on here? Hutch, help, help me. Ginger, let her go. Hutch, you know what she's doing? Let Ginger. her go. Hutch. Let her go. But Hutch. All right. Hutch, no, don't. Hutch. Oh, Mark. What was he trying to do? Why'd he bring you here? I don't know. He said you wanted to see me. When we got here, he tried to get fresh. He never could stay in his own territory and anything. It was coming to him sooner or later. Come on, baby, let's get out of here. The whole place will be in flames another minute. You gonna leave him like that? Nothing will help him now. And who wants to? Come on. Yeah, all right. All right, hurry now. Car's this way. All right. Hello, Pete. Any word from her? No, Samson, nothing. I think she's in trouble. I don't know. I got men planted at Hutch's place, her place, the joint everywhere. Not a sign. Well, I guess all we can do is just... Excuse me. Yeah. Sergeant Gervais. Hello, Sergeant Cooper. Any sign of the med? I think I got bad news, Sergeant. What is it? Well, there was a report of a cabin on fire out at Lake Bourne. Yeah? The officers who went to the scene found a car nearby. Ginger's car. Any sign of Ellie or Ginger? Well, there was at least one body in the cabin, Sergeant. They can't tell who it is, man, woman, or what. Where are you, Ed? Fifth Precinct Station. All right, stay there. Art Sampson and I will be right over. You feel all right now, Ellie? Yeah, I think so. Much better. Don't you worry about Ginger. If it wasn't over this, he would have gotten it over something else. Look, Ellie. Yes? 
I'm on the spot. Ginger and I had a business deal on. It would have taken both of us. We were supposed to meet a guy in exactly 40 minutes from now. At the cabin? No, someplace else. Every time we have one of these deals, we meet first at the cabin just to make sure we're not being tailed. You know what kind of business I'm really in, don't you, Ellie? I've got a good idea. Look, Ellie, will you help me? What do I have to do? Just go to church. To church? Yeah. You go to a pew that I show you. You sit down next to a man I tell you about. You give him a package. He'll give you a package. What's in the package? In the one you'll give him is money. Lots of it. I can guess what's in the other. You game? Sure. Why not? Uh, but I can't go to church with my clothes half ripped off me. <laughs> no, I, I guess you can't. Uh, you want to stop by my place for a minute? It'll take me no time to change. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll stop by your place, then we'll go to church. And now, gangbusters. Wait here. Yeah. See that man there? Hmm? Man in the second to the last pew right near the aisle? With the brown suit? Yeah. Go sit down next to him. <laughs> Tell him you're from Hutch. He'll give you his package. You you give him this one. All right. What's the matter? You'd think you could find a better place to do this. This is the best. When you make a change, come right back here. Go on. Yeah. Excuse me. May I sit there? Sit right down. Thanks. I'm from Hutch. Take it. Here's yours. Yeah. Go on now. Get going. All right. Excuse me. I got it, Hutch. Here it is. You hold it. Go on outside. I'll get the door. All right. Go on, Ellie. Now I'll take the package. Here, gives me the creeps. It gives me a good living. I'll stay down the steps and walk to the car. All right. You, wait. Ellie, cops. Oh, my. Come on, back into the church. Stop where you are. They're up there, too. Here, take the package. No, I don't want it. It's your baby, Hutch. Ellie, you, you're with him. Good guess, Why, you crummy little... Kill her! Get your hands off of me! I'll kill her! Watch out there! I got him! Let me up your lousy oh, right. Ah, here's a little more for you. That'll hold him. Yeah, I guess it will. Hey, the other one, inside. He's being taken care of. We're a little worried about you, Ellie. Uh, I was a little worried about myself. Ginger found out who I was, but Hutch shot him before he could say a word. Yeah, that's the way we figured it. How'd you get him to take you by the house? If he hadn't have done that, we never would have picked up the trail again. My dress was torn. I told him I wanted to change it. Oh, is everything all right? Have you got the evidence you need? We've got more than we need. Hutch isn't going to see the light of day again, except through bars. And that, gangbusters listeners, was how this case came to a close on the steps of a New Orleans church. Hutch was tried in a Louisiana court for manslaughter and convicted. He also pleaded guilty to Harrison Act charges in federal court and received an additional sentence. 
Right now, it appears as if he'll never again be a free man. Well, thank you, Superintendent Joseph L. Sharing, for this most enlightening case history. Tonight's Gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by George Zachary with Barbara Weeks, Wendell Holmes, and Ralph Bell in leading roles. Roger Foster speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hi, Johnny. Who that? George Reed. Well, Merry Christmas, George. Is it? Well, what's the matter? You ever hear of Jediah Gillis? Uh, eccentric? Owns about half of Rhode Island? That's the boy. A couple of weeks ago, he wrote a special policy on an item he wanted insured. And it's up and disappeared, huh? How'd you know? Oh, just a wild guess. What did he lose? I hope you're sitting down, Johnny. Yeah? Why? Because the insured item is a mouse. House? Mouse. What? Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England, American Branch Office, 443 North 15th Street, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the missing mouse matter. Expense account item one, 85 cents, taxi from my apartment to George Reed's office. He was on his feet waiting for me. His Ivy League suit looked as though it had been slept in and he needed to shave. Close the door, Johnny. Yeah, sure. Johnny, I'm going to level with you. This thing has me going. Well, it serves you right. Anybody who'd insure a mouse deserves what he gets. Yeah, but it isn't an ordinary mouse, Johnny. No. Not according to Mr. Gillis's original application. Yeah, take a look. Uh, item to be insured. One unusually talented grayish-brown mouse. Unusually talented? Like how? I don't know. What? I tried to find out, but Gillis wouldn't tell me. And still you issued the policy. Well, you know our company, Johnny. We have a reputation for insuring almost anything, but we have to draw the line occasionally, and we would have here, except for one thing. What's that? And believe me, it better be good. It is. Gillis carries all of his insurance with us. Yeah, but even so. Just one of his several policies is a straight life for 350000 Wow, we King-size premiums, huh? Exactly. So when he called asking us to insure this fellow's mouse for a few weeks... Wait a minute. Gillis doesn't own it? No. Well, who does? It belongs to a friend of his, a man named Glazer. He's spending the holidays with Gillis. Gillis didn't want to be responsible if something happened to Glazer's mouse while he's there, so he asked us to write the policy. How much did you insure it for? All the company would allow, 5000 Oh, now, George, you think I want to get all worked up over a lousy five grand laws? What kind of a commission can I possibly make on Look, that? give me a chance to finish, will you? All right, but only because it's Christmas. All right. Late last night, I received a call from Gillis. He wanted to know whom we considered the best investigator in this part of the country. 
When I told him, he told me about the mouse and insisted I send you up to help look for it. No, no, George, I'm sorry, but I'm going to pass. I've handled some screwy cases in my time, but this is... Please, wait till I finish, will you? I told Gillis you wouldn't be interested. That's when he started putting on the squeeze. Squeeze? How do you mean? He said if I didn't get you, he'd cancel his policies. Oh, come on. You don't believe that, do you? I don't know what to believe. Gillis is a screwball of the first water. We've known that for a long time, and frankly, I'd rather not take a chance. Well, you've got to. Maybe not. Hmm? I've received an okay from upstairs. On this one, you can write your own ticket. Well, why didn't you say so in the first place? You didn't give me a chance. Look, there's a train for Providence at 3.30. Here's Gillis's address. He wants you to stay with him. That'll cost more, Georgie. It figures. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Same to you, Santa Claus. Expense account item 285 cents, cab fare, back to my apartment. I was intrigued by what George had told me and by what his company was going to add to my bank account, so I didn't really mind changing my plans for the holidays. Expense account item three, $18.90, transportation, including a round-trip ticket, Hartford to Providence, and cab fare out to the Gillis residence. Palace would be a better word for it. It stood in the middle of a large wooded park. Must have been half a dozen acres, all of it surrounded by an old-fashioned iron fence. I'd dismissed the cab and had started toward the front door when it opened. And standing against the light, watching me, was a tall, beautiful girl. Careful of the steps. Why? Oh, oh, thanks. We've been expecting you, Mr. Dollar. Hi. Well, hi. Mr. Glazer and Father are in the library. Would you like to meet them now or wait till after you're settled? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid I'd better see them right away, Miss Gillis. Marion, Johnny. Well, come along. You know, for the first time, I'm glad I came home for the holidays. Home from where? New York. Here we are. You'll have to come visit me, Johnny. Maybe I'll do something drastic like losing a mouse to guarantee it. Marion, I told you to keep that door closed. Oh, Mr. Dollar's here, Father. Oh, oh, well, have him come in. <laughs> yes, by all means, have him come in. See you later, Johnny. Yeah. Well, Dollar, glad you finally got here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, this is my friend and associate, Bert Glazer. Hiya, Mr. Glazer. Uh, Bertie and his pals, Mr. Dollar. Beg pardon? My dog act. You investigators are supposed to have good memories. I hoped you might have caught us at some time or other. No, I'm afraid not. Oh, would you like to have a drink, Mr. Dollar? Uh, no, thanks. Now, suppose I get... got anything you want to drink. I got an eggnog, hot buttered rum. Well, uh, maybe later. Right now, I'd like to hear the details of your loss. You mean that insurance agent didn't give you all the information? He didn't know it all, Mr. Gillis. All he did know was that a so-called... Talented mouse has disappeared. So called. And he hasn't disappeared either, not at all. He's been kidnapped, that's what. Kidnapped, yes, sir, and we know who did it. And why? We know why, too. And it's your job to get him back, Dollar. Oh, now, wait a minute. And I'm not going to pay one red cent for ransom. Not one cent. Not one cent. Okay, okay. But what makes you so sure the mouse was kidnapped? Well, I'm afraid I can't tell you that without Bert's permission. Well, Mr. Glazer... Well, if we tell you, we must have your solemn promise you won't repeat it to anybody uh, until Christmas Day. Well, I, I'm i not sure I can do that. If you can't, we don't open our mouths. Right. Well? Okay. Till Christmas Day. Good, good. Uh, Dollar, suppose I told you Gulliver was worth at least $50,000. Gulliver? The missing mouse. Oh, 
You'd be surprised if I said he was worth that much? Depends. You claim he's talented. Does that have something to do with this uh, valuation you put on him? Something. something. Oh, it has everything to do with it. Yes, sir. Well, what does Gulliver do that other mice can't? Nothing. But it's how he does it that counts. How he does what? Sings. What? Can't you hear the man, Miss Della? Can't you hear him? Gulliver sings. He carries a tune. You know. With the clarity of a clarion, the fervor of a female opera star, and the tone of a tenor. It, that's how we plan to bill him. I, um, <clears throat> I see. Um, well, uh. But he doesn't believe us. Oh, no, wait. I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> There's no need to. We can tell by your face. Can't we, Bert? But a mouse. Mr. Dollar, it is a scientific fact that mice sing. Mice sing. Well-known magazines have published articles proving it. Unfortunately, most of them sing in a scale too high for human hearing. Ah, uh, but not Gulliver. Well, not Gulliver. Yeah, that's right. He's a basso. A basso. Uh, by mousy standards, that is. Oh, no. <laughs> No, Bert, he still doesn't believe us. Very well, Jediah, there is only one thing to do. There's only one thing to do. You follow us, Dollar. We'll erase the doubt in your mind forever. I took a good look at Bert Glazer, then reluctantly followed the two of them out of the library and down a long hall. At the moment, this thing had all the earmarks of a good old-fashioned con game. Or better still, a benefit on behalf of Bert Glazer with Jodiah Gillis and Floyds of England as the sole cash contributors. We wandered for what seemed like blocks through the old mansion and finally reached a large playroom. On top of one of the billiard tables was a small brass cage. In it were two small grayish-brown mice. Glazer opened the cage and let them out. Mr. Dollar, allow me to present Hecuba and Esmeralda. Oh, how do you do? I mean, uh... I suppose they sing, too. Oh, they certainly do. But not nearly as well as Gulliver. Just don't have the instrument, you know. Instrument? The voice, the voice, down at the voice, the vocal oh, cords. Oh, yeah, I, I see. But uh, now, where did you keep Gulliver? Uh, in here with the others. Bert didn't want to separate them. Uh, that's right. I originally started to make the three of them into a singing, uh, you know, trio, like the Andrews sisters. But Gulliver advanced so rapidly, I decided he should be a soloist. Oh, sure. You aren't afraid of mice, Mr. Danner? No. No, well, that's fine. Mice sensitive, you are, you know. It upsets them. It upsets them. All right, now, Hecuba, move over a bit. Give Esmeralda some room. That's it. Now, up on your haunches. Up, 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 Esmeralda. There we are. <laughs> now, what would you like to hear, Mr. Dollar? Oh, anything at all. <laughs> oh, Bert, how about my favorite, Danner? Over the wave. Good, good, good. Hey, you got it, Esmeralda? Over the waves. That's it, Hecuba. All ready then? Good, that'll be fine. Ready now? One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, that's it. Oh, beautiful, Esmeralda. Beautiful. Well... I won't say I was convinced, but I won't say I wasn't. But I will say those mice were singing something, or giving a mighty good imitation of it. We returned to the library, and this time I sampled the eggnog liberally. <laughs> Is that all right, Dollar? Oh. <sighs> oh, fine, thanks. Well, Dollar, you know now why we believe Gulliver was kidnapped? Well, I'm not sure. To exploit him, what else? Exactly. 
You have any idea who did it? Harry McQueen, that's who. McQueen. Who's McQueen? Used to be my agent. Theatrical agent? Uh -huh. He's been snooping around here lately, Johnny. We figure he's gotten wind of our mice. Well, what do you mean by snooping around, Mr. Gillis? Oh, you know, he's been out here twice this week wanting to see me. Had to kick him out of here yesterday morning. How'd he get in? Well, my daughter answered the door. Uh, yes, I... She didn't know McQueen from Adam. So when he asked for me, she figured he belonged in here, rehearsing the show with the rest of us. Rehearsing what show, Mr. Gillis? What show? The show for the children's hospital. <laughs> Jodiah puts one on for the sick kids every Christmas Eve. Of course. You know, Dollar Variety Act, the Santa Claus. Uh, this year, though, we got a radio hookup. Uh, go all over the state. And Gulliver, well, he was going to headline. And that's why I sent for you, Dollar. I figured you can get him back by tomorrow afternoon if anybody can. How long was McQueen in here before you noticed him? Long enough to lift Gulliver. This was our dress rehearsal, Dollar. We'd asked some of the kids from around the neighborhood in to watch, so it was pretty crowded. Where were the mice during the rehearsal? Well, that's where I made my mistake. What do you mean? We were keeping them a secret till the real show. Well, where were they? In their cage, over there on the mantel. Now, we were using this part of the room for the stage, so McQueen could have just reached in and taken Gulliver without us seeing him. Now, what makes you so sure McQueen did it? We told you. Besides, who else would want him? Who else? And it was right after I kicked him out of here that I discovered Gulliver was missing. What'd you do then? Well, I called off the rehearsal and started searching for him. McQueen? Big Gulliver. And I put in a telephone call to the Providence house where McQueen was staying. Did you talk to him? Nope. They said he checked out. After questioning them for a while, I finally had a nightcap with Jediah, then went to the phone in the hall and made some calls. Including one to George Reed. Well, how's it going, Johnny? It's not. That's why I'm calling. Look, they think a theatrical agent named Harry McQueen stole the mouse. He has offices in Boston and New York. I placed a person-to-person -person call to both offices, but with tomorrow Christmas Eve, he might not get the message. So, what do you want me to do? Find out his home number. Ask him to call me here. Okay. Anything else? Hello? Johnny? Johnny, you there? Yeah. And so is a cat. A big yellow cat. What's so unusual about that? Oh, nothing. Except he's got a grayish brown mouse between his two front paws. Act two of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. You can't buy happiness by the pound or the yard. But you can have it by the hour with no strings attached every Monday through Friday evening and each Saturday in the daytime when the Robert Q. Lewis Show is on the air. Join him and his fun-loving gang five nights a week and Saturdays in the daytime on most of these same stations. Now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Missing Mouse Matter. I was standing in the hall of Jediah Gillis' home looking at a big yellow cat that had a mouse between its two front paws. As far as I was concerned, a mouse is a mouse, and this one could be Gulliver. I cut short my phone conversation with Jordan Reed, then started toward the cat. Here, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. Nice, kitty. Kitty, kitty. Mama, Here, kitty. Mama, where are you? Here, kitty, kitty. That's a good kitty. Ah, kitty, let me have the little mouse. Mama, you naughty cat. Where... This cannibal belonged to you, Marion? Yes, I promised Father I'd... What do you mean, cannibal? Take a look. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And he's very, very dead. Oh. You don't think it's Gulliver, do you? Well, Mr. Glazer will have to identify him. And if he is... Well, that's that. Oh, no. No, Johnny. What do you mean? Oh, Johnny, please. You don't have to tell him, do you? Well, sure. If it's Gulliver, this thing's cleared up. 
If it's not, your Rama gets a reward for being a good mouser. Oh, Johnny, please. Dad almost had a fit when I arrived here with Rama. He made me promise to keep him in my room. That's the only time he's been out? Well, no. Oh. He was out for a little while yesterday while they were rehearsing. I didn't notice he was gone till after lunch. Then the corpse could be Gulliver's. Oh, Johnny, if it is, there's nothing we can do about it now. And if you tell my father besides making him angry, it'll break his heart. All right. I won't say anything until tomorrow night. Thanks, Johnny. Night. Good night. Christmas Eve morning came cold, crisp, and clear. The Gillis grounds were covered with new-fallen snow, and the trees were heavy with icicles, giving the whole place the look of a winter wonderland. I dressed and went down to join Gillis and Bert Glazer at breakfast. I was on my third strawberry when the phone started to ring. Yeah. You expecting a call, Dollar? Mm. Yeah, matter of fact, I am. Yeah. And you'd better answer it. If it's somebody at the broadcast station for me, tell them I'll be at the children's hospital at noon. They can call me there. Right. Hello? Johnny Dollar? Speaking. Look, I don't know what's going on down there or why you're going to pester me about it. Who is this? Harry McQueen. Who did you think? Well, I wasn't sure. Well, your friend Reed got me out of bed this morning, Dollar. He told me you wanted to ask me some questions about a mouse that's missing from Jediah Gillis's place. Yeah, that's right. What do you know about it? <laughs> well, I've done a lot of pilfering in my time. I've taken towels from hotels from Maine to Miami and Seattle to Bridgeport. But I never had to stoop so low as to steal a mouse from any hotel, garbage dump, trap, or field. Do I make myself clear? Perfectly. Except for one thing. Yeah. This particular mouse was a performer. Was a what? He was trained, did tricks. Still doesn't interest me. Well, then why were you trying to see Mr. Gillis? To get some of my people on his Christmas show. Anything wrong with that? No. That would be a lot of publicity about it. Would have done him a lot of good. And you're sure you weren't interested in the mouse? Look, Dollar, when I went into this business 18 years ago, I swore then I'd never handle kids, belly dances, or animal acts. But you handled Bert Glazer's dog act. Is what? Dog act. Bertie and his pals. Oh, somebody's feeding you a line, Dollar. That act was Bill Bertie and his pal. And the pal is a dummy. Plays as a top-notch ventriloquist. He's a master. You hear me, Dollar? Yeah, Harry. I hear you fine. I had to do some thinking, so I put on my coat and went outside for a walk around that wooded park. What I had just learned about Glazer confirmed what my instinct, my common sense, had been telling me all along. Except for one thing. The performance given by Hecuba and Esmeralda the night before. If Glazer had been doing the singing for those two mice, he was a master ventriloquist. Which was exactly what Harry McQueen said he was. I'd started back toward the house wondering if I should get Jediah aside now and tell him or wait until after the show when something soft and cold hit me on the back of the head. Hey! <laughs> Sorry, Johnny, I couldn't oh. resist such a serious target. Anything new? Uh, well, if you mean, have I found Gulliver, the singing mouse? No. Dad told me to tell you, if Gulliver does turn up before 1.15, rush him over to the hospital. Yeah, sure. But I think that's extremely unlikely. You think Rama got him, don't you? If he did, he got a very ordinary mouse. He didn't get one that sings. I'm afraid I lost you. Doesn't matter. Oh, now, I wonder what he wants. Hmm. That boy on the porch. Oh, well, if this was Hartford, I'd say he was the paper boy coming around to collect. Well, it's not Hartford, and he's not a paper boy because Dad doesn't subscribe to anything but fortune. Oh, well, then he's selling something. 
Well, if he is, he's not going to give us a chance to buy any. Johnny, looks looks like we scared him off. Hmm, that's funny. Hey! Hey, come back! He sure tore out of here when he saw us. I wonder what he wanted. Do you suppose he was one of the kids they invited in to see the dress rehearsal? Well, if he was, what would he be doing back here today? I don't know. Let's take a look around. We found it in the playroom, near where Gulliver's cage had been. It was a roundish metal clamp, the kind of boy wraps around his trouser leg when he's riding a bike. I was about to call the hospital and ask Judiah for a list of all the kids they'd invited to the rehearsal when the front doorbell rang. Johnny, it's that boy again. Better let me get in. Hi. Hi. Uh, I was over to see the show the other day. Oh? Yeah. You see it? No, I uh, I wasn't here then. Oh. Jeez. Sure is calling. Yeah, sure is. Oh, why don't you come in and get warm? Oh, no, that's okay. No, come on, come on. Nobody's here. No? Uh, okay. Yeah, sure, come on. I don't want to bother nobody, you know. I was just riding by and I thought I'd stop and tell old man Gillis what a swell show they put on. You really liked it, huh? Yeah. All except for that Santa Claus. Oh? What was wrong with him? Nothing. Just that... Well, who believes in all that smushy kid stuff? Hmm. Kids, I guess. How old are you, uh... Bobby. Uh, Bobby Neves. How old are you, Bobby? Almost 11. Well, being that old, I can understand why you weren't impressed with the Santa Claus. All that other stuff, too. You know, like giving presents and singing those hymns and junk like that. You gotta cut it out when you, when you start growing up. You sure do, boy. Yeah. You know, you and my mom, you, you get along just fine. Oh? Yeah. She feels about Christmas. She feels about Christmas just like you and me do. All right. Yeah. Boy, this, this log fire sure makes your eyes smart, don't it? Yeah, sure does. Where do you live, Bobby? Across uh, town, Scully Avenue. Well, how'd you happen to be over here the other day? Well, I, I was riding my bike when I, when I saw this dog. Well, gee, he was... Uh, anyhow, when I, when I tried to catch him, he ran from me. I followed the silly muckler over here. Uh-huh. You ever catch him? No. Nah, I was about to when this man hollered and asked me if I wanted to see a free show. So I, I came in. I see well, you must like dogs a lot, huh? Sure. You got one? Used to have one. When my pop was with us, but we can't have no pets where we're living now. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. You know that poem? Which one? You know, about all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not, not even a mouse. Yeah. Well, that fits our place. Especially now. How do you mean? Well, I didn't think he'd miss it, you know. Man with a house as big as this one and also. When I saw this cute little fellow up in that cage. What? I didn't really mean to take him on hold and leave it. When he got under my sweat and was real quiet. Like he liked me. Well, 
You know what I mean. Yeah, Bobby. I know. But I got to thinking and decided to bring him back. So would you give me the old man to Mr. Gillis for me, please? No. I think you'd better do that yourself. Oh, no, no, please. He might be awful mad at me by now. No, Bobby. In fact, you're going to get a reward. Yeah? <laughs> Word of honor. Now, what do you say we go down where Mr. Gillis is putting on that Christmas show and see it? Okay? Oh, sure. Bobby. Yeah? Did you notice anything unusual about this mouse? Yeah, I sure did. What was it? He got some white on his right hind foot. Expense account item four, $1.60. Cab fare from the Gillis residence to the Children's Hospital for Mary and Bobby and myself. Inside, we followed the sound of children laughing and reached the auditorium. Marion found a seat among the nurses, and I took Bobby backstage. When Jediah saw Gulliver, his face lit up like, well, like one of the trees he'd had delivered to the war. <laughs> Gulliver! By golly, by golly. I knew if anybody could do it, you could, Dollar. I didn't do a thing, Mr. Gillis. All the credit goes to Bobby. Oh, to Bobby Whale. I'll speak to you after the show, young man. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bert, Bert, look, look, he's back. So glad to go, Oh, Gulliver, oh, I do declare I have never been so glad to see a person before. Yeah, you better hurry, Bert. He's scheduled to go on in just a minute. Oh, he will, he will. Now, I'll go check on the microphone when everything be just so. <laughs> don't go away, Dollar. No, he won't. Bobby, why don't you sit over there where you can see the stage? Yes, sir. Uh, Bert, you think Gulliver will sing today? You think? I know he will. Oh, get ready, Gulliver. But that boy had Gulliver all day and all night, and he didn't sing once. Ah. Did the boy ask him to? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for the first time in the world, one of the wonders of the world, Gulliver the Singing Mouse. Hey, Mr. Dollar, can that mouse really sing? That is what we're going to find out, Bobby. <laughs> Exciting, isn't it, Dollar? Sure is, Mr. Gillis. I right, thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. And now, for Gulliver's first number, he'd like to sing with... Uh, what's that, Gulliver? Oh, I, I see. Uh-huh. He's going to sing Jingle Bells. But he wants me to get off stage so everybody will know it's really him doing it and not me. Uh, thank you. Is he all right, Bert? Oh, fine, fine. Just feeling his out. Well, why doesn't he start? He's going to listen... Well, Dollar. Now I have seen everything. Me too. Gee. Bert Glazer had a logical answer for having lied about his old vaudeville act. He knew I wouldn't believe the mice could really sing if I'd known he was a ventriloquist. And you know, well, after all, yet sometimes. Ah. Expense account total, including camp fare, Hartford Station to my apartment, $38.20. As for my separate and additional fee, as agreed upon before I took this matter, well, there's a boy named Bobby Neves who lives on Scully Avenue over in Providence. See that he gets it, huh? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. 
Our star will tell you about next week's story in just a moment. Meantime... Hey, Dan, I'll make a deal with you. Oh? Let me have the mic for a second, then you can tell them about next week's story. By all means, be my guest. All right. I just don't want to pass up a chance to do two things. First, well, Pam and Eric and Fran, Mr. and Mrs. Froelich, Helen, Will, Scotty... Oh, all the rest of you nice people who've written in to tell us how much you like the program. Thanks. I really appreciate hearing from you, and believe me, I'll answer your letters just as quickly as I can. Second, well, I'm sure you know what this is, and I want you to know it comes from the heart. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. Now, next week... Next week, the case of a prize fighter who could win only by losing, because his life depended on it. Right. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. It is written by Charles B. Smith and produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Mary Jane Croft, Howard McNear, Parley Bear, G. Stanley Jones, Bill James, Lawrence Dobkin, and Richard Beals. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Dan Coverley speaking. That's it for this episode of Case Closed. Hope you enjoyed the shows this time. You can find more from Gangbusters, Johnny Dollar, past episodes of this podcast, and all the others at relicradio.com. Thousands of shows to listen to, our shoutcast stream with even more, and a donate button if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. You can also visit donate.relicradio.com. Your support has brought 14 years of Relic Radio to everybody. Thank you very much to those who have helped out, and thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. Thank you.